0: Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Rokhan.
1: I'm Richard Roper.
0: We have breaking news and Billy Crystal all in one podcast
1: together. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some tarnished gold and some shining crystal is what we got, right?
0: Oh, I love that you did it that way. Reminding you that Screen Time with Rowan Roper is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com. The digital landscape is changing rapidly. And to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. And since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes offering web design, development, e-commerce, mobile apps, digital marketing. It all drives your overall business success. And you know that because... They, like you, believe today's online world is your opportunity. Visit AmericanEagle.com today to get started. Breaking news.
1: NBC has announced they will not carry the Golden Globes in 2022. They issued a statement Monday morning saying they recognize that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is trying to make strides and take moves and improve on so many levels, of course, there are a lot of questions about the lack of diversity and the nominations and in the HFPA itself, Row. But NBC says it, it's going to take time, and in the meantime, we're not going to broadcast the show in 2022. They didn't say they'll never do it again. They hold out hope. They say for 2023. Hmm. But you know, what, if I what do they quote, have to do at the Hollywood Foreign Press to be able to win the approval
0: of Comcast and NBC?
1: Well, I, you know, we talked about this. In fact, if people want to go back to the Screen Time homepage for the Rowan Roper podcast, mm-hmm. you'll see that we talked about this when the controversy really heated up surrounding the last Golden Globes, and we both said after the Golden Globes that they're going to have to make drastic changes. And I told you, I go, NBC's not going to air it next year. So I'd like to quote me if I could there. (laughs) And a lot of people are saying, well, this is a long time coming, that the Golden Globes have been pretty much versical, if you will, for decades. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was the the reason for NBC to get out of it and listen, they just didn't move quickly enough. The ratings were way down this year.
0: Well, everything was going to be way down this yeah. year.
1: Yeah. Well, that's my question for you. My first question for you is someone who has worked in the television business on all sides for many, many years. Will another network or another streaming platform, will someone pick up the Golden Globes for 2022?
0: Absolutely. Even though the Golden Globe started at NBC one billion years ago, Mm. they were on basic cable for a number of years. And then Dick Clark Productions took over the production of that show, got it to NBC again, and it's just become a cultural staple for the last uh, almost a quarter century, right?
1: And we have talked about how it had become the most entertaining telecast of all the award shows for years because of the open bottles of champagne and yeah. the you know the dinner party atmosphere and the inebriated hosts and presenters and winners, and it always made for an entertaining telecast. There have been problems with the Golden Globes long before people were pointing out that it's an almost all-white membership and had not had a good track record when it came to honoring performances and writing and directing by minorities and by women. Uh, and Dick Clark Productions had raised some of those concerns about the junketeers getting, you know, these lavish that, uh, okay. trips. Okay, all right. Uh, so
0: that, to me, is the biggest issue. I understand the whole idea of making sure that there's inclusion and that voices are heard. I understand all that. And that's something that Hollywood has been grappling with literally for as long as Hollywood yes. has actually been a place where they've for been, been making movies. Yeah. Right? And, and that... That, I don't think, was the biggest problem for the Golden Globes because a lot of award ceremonies had the same issue. The biggest problem for the Golden Globes was it was graft and greed that were actually putting those little Golden Globes into people's living rooms.
1: That's exactly right, Roe. We've talked about this ad nauseum, as the uh, people who use the term (laughs) ad nauseum say. Uh, About 90 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, many of them not full-time journalists. You only had to have four bylines per year, very closed-off membership. But they wielded their clout, and as recently as last year, the LA Times did that excellent report. We talked about it. The entire membership was invited to Paris for a junket for Emily dans Paris. Emily in Paris, the Netflix series, where they were staying in a hotel where the rooms go for like two thousand dollars a night, yeah. and they had all this access. And then, surprise, surprise, a lightweight show, very entertaining, was nominated for for best show. Uh, Lily Collins was nominated, and a writer for Emily in Paris actually came forward and said, we should not have gotten this Golden Globe nomination over some more substantial programs that are out there. So you're right about that. There's always been this feeling, listen, if you court you know, 20 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association to your side, if you're nice to them in interviews, if you remember the name of the Italian writer and the Chinese writer and the Swedish writer, all of whom, by the way, have to be based in Los Angeles, you might get their votes. And just the day before NBC pulled out, Scarlett Johansson had issued a statement urging her fellow industry members to halt their involvement with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, saying that she had felt that the questions she had been asked through the years were very sexist, that sometimes bordered on sexual harassment, and that's why she had stopped participating in their press conferences and junkets. So that was, I think, another straw that helped to break the camel's back today, where you have one of the most respected and liked actresses in Hollywood saying I'm I'm not working with them. I'm not giving interviews to them. I don't think you should either.
0: Wouldn't you love to know what some Hollywood foreign press MFer said to her? I mean, just imagine her saying that publicly. Yeah. What must have occurred?
1: And right. she worked for Harvey Weinstein at some point. And to that exact point, Roe in her statement, Scarlett Johansson said The Hollywood Foreign Press Association was legitimized by the likes of Harvey Weinstein to amass momentum for Academy recognition, and then the industry followed suit. She's absolutely right. It was in the 90s. I mean, listen, the Golden Globes were the Golden Globes. And if you won, you won. But it was in the 90s. And Harvey Weinstein, who was, you know, as we know, turned out to be someone who was an absolute monster. But he was a master at marketing and Oscar campaigning. And he was one of those leading the charge. If you won a Golden Globe, all of a sudden, everybody in the entertainment press was saying, oh, if you won the Golden Globe, you're the front runner for the Academy Award. Now we're to the point. No one
0: ever said that before that.
1: Not really, no, because you had strange winners, you know. Yeah. We, we've talked about how Pia Zadora would win a Golden Globe. <laughs> and listen, a lot, of, a lot of great actors. Meryl Streep has 147 Golden Globes, something like that. I mean, she's got dozens, literally, for various television and movie performances. Well, that's because
0: they want to be able to, the Hollywood Foreign Press nicks want to be able to go around and say, oh, you know, I was yep. at her home, or I met her, Streep and I share the same birthday. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> bullshit, it, Hollywood yeah, it's- stuff that goes on anyway. So it doesn't... Surprise me in the least that finally there has been this reconciliation. And again, I don't think it's really about the cultural choices they're making. It's about the incredible amount of assholery that that organization <laughs> and the individuals, yeah. and there's just a very limited number of them, have exhibited over these last number of decades.
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right, but it gives uh, NBC and it gives the acting and directing and filmmaking community a higher moral ground from which to take this stance now to say, you know, we're doing it in part, at least in part, because of their you know, their, their lack of diversity in their membership and recognition Of fine work by minorities. Now, Tom Cruise has upped the ante. Oh, no. Tommy Cruise has said (laughs) he is sending back the actual Golden Globes. Oh. The three trophies he has won over the years. Now, he is sending back Mm -hmm. his best actor prize for Jerry Maguire. Okay. They had him at hello but no longer they have him at goodbye hmm. he also won for born on the fourth of july best mm-hmm. actor and best supporting actor for magnolia now there are a couple oh. of interesting things about this row
0: those are three great performances yeah by the way
1: three great performances all you know at least 20 years ago so what i find kind of fascinating is that tom cruise still knew where the golden globes were has kept them on the mantle for some 25 plus years I'm not putting that down. I've got my 1972 Little League Player of the Year honor somewhere ah. in storage. You, Congratulations, know. you Richie on that. Roper, as I was known at the time, you know, never really reached my potential there <laughs> as a good hit, no field shortstop. But that is beside the point. He's returning the trophy. He's physically. Now, he could just, he could do a quick little Tommy Cruz video of him taking, you know, borrow a hammer off the set of the latest Mission Impossible movie and smash him to smithereens and say, I'm done with the Gulbs. Just like when, uh, you know, Uh, Fans burn the jersey of their favorite player when he leaves in free agency, not realizing they've already spent the $125 and really aren't hurting anyone by burning the LeBron jersey. But that's okay. But he's sending them back. And you know what's happening right now. Every actor in Hollywood, especially the ones who might have just the one Golden Globe, maybe never even got an Oscar nomination, nothing from SAG, no Emmy, (laughs) no Tony, no BAFTA yeah no Critics Choice Award yeah they got a Golden Globe but now they're thinking fucking Tom Cruise sends his Golden Globes back what am I gonna do oh they're gonna all have to send their Golden Globes back because now you're gonna get people who aren't in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association asking these actors as they're promoting their latest films you know you're a two time Golden Globe winner you won in 1983 for Let's Make Some More Music, and then again in 87 for How's It Going, Philadelphia, or whatever the films were. I made up those titles, so I'm not impugning any yeah, actor. Yeah, okay. They're going to say, are you sending your golden? Oh, I I, I mean to. I think they're in storage. I That's what I do. Rap. I do the
0: dodge with, I have no idea. You know, I threw it out, I think the night I got it. I have no
1: recollection. Do what every mobster does. Just go, I don't recall. There is... <laughs> Wait, here's what you do. You know, who's going to check. You can, you can buy those, like, Knockoff awards Mm -hmm. on Hollywood Boulevard or uh, Hollywood Boulevard or you yeah, you can buy those knockoff awards like on Hollywood Boulevard near all the stars or even online right and they're like you know best boss or you know Mm -hmm. coolest guy and they kind of look like Golden Globes or Oscars you know buy a few of those bubble wrap them, and then take a picture of in a cardboard <laughs> box, handwritten, you know, to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, Hollywood, California. And then you could, you know, the, the actor could say, I'm sending these back today. It's not like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is going to bust you for that. Oh, they might. They might.
0: They you know might how bad... Like- oh, wait, 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 wait. You know what you, I, 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 I always think about
1: this okay.
0: first. I think about the economics. Yes, you do. If Tom Cruise... Sends back his Golden Globes. Yeah, who opens that box? You know, those Golden Globes are worth at least a hundred thousand dollars now that he sent them back. That's because true. Collectors That's all true. over the world. I mean, imagine I the billionaires yeah. in China and what they would pay for are the Russian oligarchs or the you know, Saudi the Saudis, prince. right? Or you know, the, you know, yeah. Elon Musk. Who knows? Somebody wants those
1: Golden Globes because wow.
0: now they're infamous.
1: Yeah, they they, they, they probably quadrupled in price. If Tom Cruise said, hey, listen, I'm going to auction off my three Golden Globes. They're the ones I own. Here's me. I'm going to auction them off for charity. He would have gotten, for sure, there would have been people bidding 25 dollars $50,000 Yeah, but for now they he's given them away, but, it's more. But, but now they're much, yeah, and yeah. we know they're really from him. And you're right. I would guess, legally and technically, if he sends them back, that whoever's at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, they own those, right? He sent them back and they can do with okay. them what they will. They're not like some sort of you know government-approved thing, or there's no thing attached to it. I mean, th- they made them, they gave them out, they could sell them. They're a totally phony,
0: baloney operation well, that's to begin what I'm with. Saying. The thing is that they probably have an office manager who's going to be opening up that box, and that office manager becomes a millionaire overnight.
1: But you're right about that. There will be because we've seen this in the past where. Uh, Heisman trophies mm-hmm. and Oscars. You know, sometimes it's an estate sale. Sometimes it's somebody who's fallen on yeah, some difficult times. times yeah. Or it's a relative. You know, my uncle won for cinematography in 1947. And a lot of times you'll read the story then about someone like Steven Spielberg will buy it for the $227,000 and then you know put the proceeds you know and then make a donation and then return it to the academy and then you'll see them on display now they're going to have this hollywood museum right but i don't i don't know necessarily that the david finchers and steven spielbergs and scorseses (laughs) of the world are going to try to buy up the market on golden globes
0: and be like you know what no 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 no
1: wants a golden globe he can have it
0: right Uh, well that's the thing i don't think If we decide we're going to cancel the Golden Globes with a big C way of canceling them, the people who would be most offended by it would have zero value. But we're consumers. The rest of the world, other than the couple thousand people who work in Hollywood at very high levels, adores that stuff and collects that stuff. I mean, if people are paying 50 cents for a Doja coin that was worth a dollar before Elon Musk said something about it on Saturday Night Live, (laughs) they'll pay for anything.
1: Well, and there is that... You're paying that. for air. You're absolutely right about that. And we've seen that in, you know, kind of uh, fictionalized in films and novels and, you know, all kinds of things. Like whether it's, you know, uh, National Treasure, The Da Vinci Code, or The Freshman. But, you know, someone in these movies. But it's based on real life things where, uh, you know, if you've got crazy money, and it happens to be criminal crazy money too... Everybody can have, you know, 10 Bentleys and a private right. jet and giant houses and all that stuff. But it's it's the stolen artwork. Hey, that's the yeah. real Mona Lisa or yeah. that's the real Picasso. We talked about the, the Heist series that's on Netflix right now where they're still missing, you know, a couple of these great paintings that maybe have been burned. But also maybe some Russian oligarch or some Saudi prince says that's an original there. Same thing with this crap. Right. Like one man's crap. Is another person's gold? You're absolutely right. What
0: do you think? Some El Chapo Junior is not going to want yeah. Tom Cruise. Some yakuza,
1: you know, <laughs> or somebody like you know. This is Tommy yes. Cruise's Jerry Maguire yes, Golden Globe. Absolutely, you know, it's going to be much more impressive to a certain weird strain of obscenely wealthy people and their yeah. their yeah. entourage. For than st- just a, you know a Ming Vaz or some
0: yeah shit. for sure for sure for sure for sure if i were tom cruise here's what i would have done i would have done a mission impossible style assassination of the golden of globes, globes them themselves out. yes i you know take them out to a range put you know some sort of mild explosive around the base of them and then gone 150 meters away and then shot, you know, one of his, you know, many weapons. I don't know if he keeps weapons for himself, but he certainly has them in his movies. I would have done one of those things and then blown the nine camera angles,
1: uh, you know, John Woo style, (laughs) slow motion bullets approaching the globes. And as a sidebar, uh, we can tell the story. You and I once were doing a radio remote. With the special effects guy who has won an Academy Award and is one of the best in the business, and the idea was we were doing a, a tribute to Harry Carey, if I recall correctly, uh-huh. Roe, and yes. we were going to do uh, take me out to the ball game and celebrating, and we had I don't know how many beer bottles wired to explode, right? And champagne on glasses, Q. and champagne glasses yep. like hundreds. This is on YouTube. With breakaway glass. Yeah, we'll, you know, if you go to the Screen Time uh, homepage, we'll put the link there. And it was one of those remotes that was basically like something out of uh, Mad Magazine cartoon, because I believe Billy Corgan was there and former <laughs> members of the 85 Bears and all these other folks. Yeah, it's pretty and crazy. Breakaway glass, you know, with, is they use in all those types of scenes. And all I know is that we still, you got to be careful around that stuff, let's just say. When it exploded, it really exploded. There was a reason why we were on under the table.
0: Yeah. So to speak. I still think I have candy glass shards some in shards. my eye. You have some yeah, I think yeah. I have that. Uh, but that's the sort of thing that Tom Cruise should be doing with his Golden Globes because just sending them back, I know it's like that's the class thing to do, but he's going to enrich probably the people yeah. who he's trying to punish by doing it.
1: I think, you know, uh, this podcast will lead the charge on that and will give an excuse to the other. Actors and filmmakers and writers who have won golden globe and yeah. say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what they said on screen time with Rokan and Richard Roper? <laughs> they could profit off that. Let's just say I'm not I'm going to destroy them or donate them somewhere else. I think that's the move. Yeah, I don't want to see the Hollywood Foreign Press Association taking a picture saying, We now have three hundred and seventy-five collectible golden globes. Right. See
0: you on Etsy. So for any Hollywood writer or producer who listens to this regularly, and we know you do. Please do us a favor. Call Tom Cruise, text him if you've got him in your phone, and say, hey, I just heard this great podcast that suggested (sighs) that you blow up the Golden Globes MI style, because it's a good promotion for the next film anyway.
1: That's true, which will come out one of these uh, decades for sure. It's going to come out... And, yeah, he said he's sending them back. He hasn't sent them back yet. My guess is there's a chain of events there. Tommy gets on the phone. He might even have one or two people who work for him part-time, I'm just guessing, (laughs) helping him out with some of this stuff. You think so?
0: All right, anyway. Well, enough about that. Congratulations to the Golden Globes for now being more talked about than they normally would be talked about. And I do believe you will see a network go into business with them.
1: Yeah, they're going to be on somebody douchebag- Plus Max live stream something or another. Now, I don't uh, think platform.
0: that. I don't think that. I think they're going to go to be on some sort of first or second tier cable operation. Yes. Fox. No, I. Fox would not surprise yeah. me in the least because even though most of the Fox catalog now is owned by Disney, hmm. Fox Television Network,
1: Fox TV stations, the Fox News Channel. How about on Fox News Channel? They could have those. Uh, those Fox and Friends. Jokesters host it. I wouldn't be surprised to see to see the and Golden nobody Gloves. showed up. None of the nominees are here today, but
0: <laughs> the John Voight Award oh again. My God. I mean, I can just see it. <laughs> I I mean, it's sort of a you know, Hollywood Foreign Press could then do like this yeah. conservative Hollywood answer yeah. to all of this, and now we've broken the final whatever string held us together. We've snapped that now, so the and it Rose will be the my- yeah, it'll be a left-right thing completely.
1: Kirk Cameron's first film was in. Like, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Scott Baio will be presenting.
0: Right. We argue about everything between left and right. Nothing can't be seen through the lens, including a vaccine or anything yeah. or air or what we're driving or what we're drinking. Everything has to be seen through that left-right lens now. Hollywood has, you know, for a long time been seen as, well, it's too liberal, it's too this, it's too that. But this now... It's a very big glowing line that goes through that allows people who wish to continue to divide us a really good schism, a really good opportunity, and go, hey, you know what? We're going to grab one of the big award shows, and mm. we're going to show you. So. They're no
1: longer the Golden Globes. They're the Golden Country. <laughs> Forget about the rest of the globe. Or if some left-wing place takes it, they could be the Golden Global Warming. You never know who <laughs> might ascribe their politics
0: these awards. all right Billy Crystal doesn't
1: need we're to, sorry, sit around and listen to we're sorry we're gonna have a commercial break before we get to you
0: Portillo's is known for their famous Chicago hot dogs with all the freshest tastiest ingredients right down to their poppy seed bun and of course the legendary chocolate cake I'd like to send the cake to the Golden Globes oh yes send right back. yeah 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 Say, oh, we're sorry, but that is just the beginning of the deliciousness. The menu bursts with mouth-watering varieties of charbroiled burgers, Italian beef sandwiches, cheese fries, chopped salads. A Chicagoland favorite since 1963, Portillo's also has locations throughout the Midwest and in Florida and in California and in Arizona. Order for curbside pickup or delivery today. Ship Portillo's anywhere in the U.S. of A. I'm telling you, if you're going to ship anything, the thing you got to ship You get the beef or you get the chocolate cake. If anybody is from Chicago or from the Midwest or from anywhere where they like Italian beef or Italian beef, as they call it around here, you got to get the Portillo's for them or for yourself. And again, the chocolate cake, it's the best thing ever.
1: Nobody ever sends that back.
0: I was going to say a killer, but I don't think they want to be associated with that. Why would I say it now? Portillos.com. That's where it all starts. P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S.com. Portillos.com. So you had the great pleasure and honor to sit down with Billy Crystal.
1: Speaking of award shows, of course, he has hosted the Academy Awards nine times. He's had Broadway sensations. He's won Tony Awards, tons of Emmys. Billy Crystal has been around for 50 years in this business row, going back to the nighttime, primetime soap opera soap. Yeah. And then Saturday Night Live, and of course, When Harry Met Sally and City Slickers, and of course, the voice of Mike in Monsters, Inc. I mean, he just continues to turn out great stuff. It's got a movie out called Here Today, and it's uh, Billy Crystal is the star of the movie along with Tiffany Haddish. He's the co-writer, he is the director, he is the producer. This is the story of a guy who's a veteran television writer on a SNL type program, played by Billy Crystal. So clearly something he would know of. Mm-hmm. Guy in his seventies who's starting to lose his train of thought you know, having problems remembering names. So very early onset dementia, but it's not getting better. And this movie is actually based on a short story by Alan Zweibel, who's a legendary comedy writer, a friend of 50 years of Billy Crystal's. Uh, He worked with Gary Shandling on a number of projects and even co-created Weekend Update with Chevy Chase. But this
2: is based on a short story he wrote. Well, I didn't even know about the short story. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw him on Letterman telling the story of became what became the short story so it was this uh, horrific charity lunch that he had where somebody bid on him and he was the prize and uh, he finds out that she only paid 22 for it and then she proceeds to have a allergic reaction to a seafood salad he then has to call an ambulance for her he has no idea who she is and um, she doesn't have insurance and so this charity luncheon um, cost him twenty three hundred dollars, I think, and so that when I watched him on Letterman, I, th- I can't, this is hilarious, and so I, I actually emailed him as he was just going to commercial, and and I and I said, Alan, this is the beginning of something. This is a great way f- for these two to meet. It's hilarious, and then but who are they? Where do we go from there? If you're interested, let's start talking. And we did, and and now I'm talking to you. But it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it was the it was the jumper cables for where we ended up. Now, the
1: last movie row that Billy Crystal actually directed was 61, HBO original movie. Remember, that was about the home run race between Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris to break. Babe Ruth's record.
0: Right. I love that movie, especially in the winter. I love watching baseball movies to make me remember that there actually is green that comes up out of the ground and in the sky during the summer. And that movie takes you into that great baseball world where we idolize these people and we lionized them. We made them into these characters that they weren't really. And Billy Crystal does a really nice job in that film, I always thought, of keeping up the mythology but telling the real story.
1: Yeah, you could tell it's an old-timey baseball movie because they're smoking cigarettes in the locker room, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and this movie's actually coming up on a big anniversary. It's our 20th anniversary. Yeah, which is...
2: Which it is it was guess. the 20th anniversary of it, so they screened it, yeah. And the reason it was so long was I was... I never found anything else that I loved... Um, that I really wanted to give up a year or two of my life, maybe more by the time you develop something. And then then during that time period, I also was on Broadway twice with my show and touring with it and things that were very satisfying that I didn't want to give up. And then when we started talking about the prospects of what we could do with this, once we started to drill into who are these two people? Mm -hmm. And and when when Alan and I discussed somebody uh, for me to play, we both hit on the same guy who was a mentor to both of us. And that his, his name was Herb Sargent, the oldest writer at SNL. When we started, he was in his 50s and nobody else was. He was a, a wonderful editor, writer, um, bon vivant. He dated Gloria Steinem. And, 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 uh, yeah, he was, and But he was such a lovely guy. And so I thought of him. And, and, and that, that was a, would lead us into an arena that we both knew a lot about, which was that kind of live TV show that he might be, you know, sort of the, the senior citizen there because he, he gave the, the producer his start in television and mm-hmm. was sort of like keeping him around. But he still had ability and he still was functioning. And then I was taking care of a relative who had the onset of dementia and she was a novelist. And uh, she wrote seven books and was the book editor for the uh, Book of the Month Club, and and her name was Deborah. And one day she came to me and said, "I need your help. I'm I'm losing my words." And I thought it was so powerful that somebody you know whose currency is words is now going broke, and mm. and so I said, "Can we do that? Can we get away with that? Can we?" You know, be funny, but then the movie will deepen, and, and then this woman um, has to then maybe give up something to take care of. I mean, that's, those are like the big conversations.
1: And one of the things I really like about this movie, Ro, is it's one of those pairings we didn't know we wanted until we had it, and that's Billy Crystal old school first to tell you that he's an old school traditional guy who mm-hmm. loves to, you know, do all the kind of big Hollywood type productions. And Tiffany Haddish, who's a wild card, you know, who's, <laughs> who's sure. really great and is a scene stealer and they're, they're in this movie together. So of course I had to ask him, like, how did he even become aware of her? I had not seen
2: girls trip, um, but I did see her host SNL and I went, Oh man, look, look, look who she is. Look what she can do look at her, you know, so we, she was funny, she was bold, she was brash, she was charming, she was vulnerable. And we got her the script, she actually was in Africa. And, and um, so we, fortunately that's one of the benefits of the internet, you can boom, she's reading it in Africa and then says, I wanna meet. See, but talent is one thing, Richard, you know, what, when someone opens their heart to you and when you meet them, and you get a glimpse of how exciting it could be if I could if I could put that on screen, it's a different Tiffany than you've seen before. And and it's a, just the if I could harness that, it would it would be phenomenal for the picture and, and and something I felt that she needed to do. And she totally got that. That's why she wanted to do it. And I'm going on and on like I'm now and she goes, basically, you had me at hello, I'm doing this. <laughs> Yeah. And um, every day, um, she'd say, "What do we need to do now? What do I need to do?" You know, she was very open um, to stretching herself into what Emma needed to be, yeah. and and that's why I think it's a it's a fantastic performance and a very loving one. And and then there were glimpses of of that that quicksilver brain sure. that she has. Yeah. And I just sprinkle it in a little bit here, a little bit there. And you know, when I'm two feet from her in most of the scenes, you know, we'd be I very rarely cut. You know, I would just keep going. And and in between I'd say, How about maybe a little less? Don't even move your eye, just talk to me. Yeah. And 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 then we'd she just do it. And then she has to get very emotional in one scene where she hears you know, about my darkest moment in my life that I've been, you know, holding in uh, and I tell her and she needed to cry and she was really scared about doing it because she hadn't. And in, in her own life, she's very protective of, of, of her emotions, you know. So I cleared the set. It was just her and I and the cameraman shots over me onto her. And I'm telling her this story and she's not getting there. And then I just started talking to her about her life. And I just started talking to her about other things and, and not to be afraid of it no, and go. And just, you know, and it was almost like landing a plane with somebody who hadn't, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the left pedal and then, then <laughs> ease it down, ease it down. And then she gives me the moment and it's a beautiful thing. And it's, you know, that's the beauty of, of, of movies and the frustrating thing about them at the same time in making them. They're forever. They're forever.
1: So we know Billy Crystal and Tiffany Haddish are going to be funny together in here today, even though there's a lot of serious stuff, but there are some straight dramatic scenes and we really haven't seen her do much of that. Almost everything she's done has been bigger and funnier and over the top. So I was kind of curious as to how Billy Crystal, the filmmaker, the director, as Mm -hmm. well as the co-star, would be able to kind of coax Tiffany Haddish into a place where it was
2: authentic. And I love playing off of her. Mm -hmm. You know, I've worked with some very big talents in big scenes where, you know, I I call it that, you know, thank God I I got a chance to watch Oliver Hardy and, and Stan Laurel work where he would just sort of look at the camera and go, <sighs> and I had that <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the deli scene playing off Meg. I had a whole movie playing off De Niro and analyze this. Yeah. And, 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 and I love to counterpunch. And I love that with Charlie, he enjoys her. And he, but he gets back a little, you know, his little shots yeah. here. and there. But, then, but then it's just, it's just two friends talking and, and being with each
1: other. And as loyal listeners to Screen Time with Rokan and Richard Roper know, we love anniversaries. If it's the 25th anniversary of this, the 10th anniversary of that, it's the 6 month anniversary pretty soon of our first podcast under this new umbrella. We'll probably celebrate that, but... We're coming up on the 35th anniversary of Running Scared. Oh, I love that movie. Right? With Gregory Hines, the late, great Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. And that was right in the beginning kind of of the buddy movies. We were seeing like 48 Hours and Beverly Hills Cop even had a little bit of that Mm -hmm. with Eddie and the Beverly Hills Cops, if you will. And it was kind of unusual casting, too, when you think about it. Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, a song and dance man in a comic in a comedy drama. But I love that film. So I had to ask him about Running Scared.
2: I love that movie. Um, uh, someone else brought it up to me the other day in, a, in an interview. Um, he said that was my movie of the 80s. That was the first teaming, uh, you know, buddy movie that I loved. He said I would still watch it. Um, I had the best time in Chicago. Um, and, uh, and I miss Gregory Hines terribly. Uh, we were great friends. And it, that was like my first movie role, um, you know, that was starring part um, right after Saturday Night Live. And then uh, Peter Himes directed the movie and, and, then, and then cast the two of us. Uh, it, originally it was, uh, I think Gene Hackman and Paul Newman. Wow. were About two retiring cops. Mm. And and the script was just sort of sitting there and the Peter guys, I want to go with these two guys. I think they'd be great together. And I just, you know, it's so much fun. And occasionally I I put it on just to, you know, to a way of visiting with Greg.
0: That is a beautiful sentiment right there. Mm-hmm. Coming up on the Thursday podcast, live music is coming back to a stadium near you. Wait to hear who's first. <laughs> although you can look it up on the Google before we actually get back together again. But it is going to be a very fun conversation. Please download Thursday's podcast. It's only two days away if you're listening to this on Tuesday. The Roan Roper Podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service global digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, digital marketing services, and so much more. Visit AmericanEagle.com for more information. Screen Time with Rowan Roper is produced by Tim Elenius and Renee Nelson. Music and Production Director, Brian Altimer. We'll see you next time.